the number one. Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer agent toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. One thing is to ask your customers, you know, your agents, what they want, and then experiment with it. Put something out rapidly and iterate. Talk to your agents, sit down with them, call them, see them at, at an agent happy hour, ask them how it's going, how they feel, what they like about their job, what they don't like right now, what tools they use, what tools they don't use and why, you're, you're going to learn a lot if you just talk to them and, and figure out what their needs are and then put things in front of them that could be solutions to those needs. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Senior Director of Data and Content, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, secrets to success, and lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast. Today, I would like to welcome Stephen Barks. He is the president and COO of Worth Clark Realty. They are Real Trends 500 brokerage. So welcome, Stephen. Thanks for having me. It's been a minute since we got to speak, so I'm happy to be on here. I know. Stephen was one of the um, the, the biggest fans of what it used to be our broker newsletter at Housing Wire. I used to hear from him almost every week. Um, really thoughtful information and um, and leadership uh, thought leadership. So thanks, Stephen. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. I, I certainly enjoyed reading it, and still all the articles that uh, you guys write. I, I read a lot of it. So great. Well, I want to start out by talking a little bit about your business model and compensation model. I know you're a virtual broker. You have an equity. Um, you know, you you include equity if the salesperson decides to take it. Um, so, tell me a little bit about Worth Clark and maybe how the idea for the company developed and where you are now because your growth has really exploded in the last several years. Yeah, definitely. So we. The company was technically founded in 2010, didn't really become a business until 2012. Uh, our founder, uh, his name's Brian, super fantastic guy. He um, got into real estate as an agent, right? And was at a traditional brokerage because, you know, as you're new, that might just be, you go to the biggest biggest brokerage in town and that's where you end up. And uh, he soon found out that it was not a great fit for him. Um, you got to think about the time that he was in. It was right after the, you know, the, the great financial crisis and the, the bubble. So he comes into a market where you kind of had to be creative for clients. And he found out that, you know, he couldn't do that uh, at the brokerage he was at. So the the idea for Worth Clark was kind of built out of that frustration of, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Um, I have to charge this, et cetera. So um, that's kind of the idea of how it got started. Um, fast forward to today, we're in 15 states. Uh, just got the word yesterday, actually, that uh, we will officially open our 16th state, um, hopefully within the month, maybe next month. And uh, we have about 1,200 agents. Um, the actual company, what, what we offer, it's a platform for agents uh, to have that flexibility, kind of tying back to why it was created. Um, you know, flexibility to vary their service offerings, what they charge their clients, and the freedom from you know traditional brokerage restrictions to run the business how they want to run it. And on the flip side, we provide 
outstanding customer support and great tools for their business um, that they can use if they want to. And then part of our offering is a great compensation model, and that even provides you know greater flexibility for them. So we are a transaction fee model, um, but even within that, the compensation model, we offer flexibility. So whether you're a new, new agent, a part-time agent, a full-time agent, or a team, uh, we have different plans that fit you know, which bucket you may fall in. Uh, we also have a kind of a pay-as-you-go option for transaction fees uh, with caps. And then we offer transaction fee subscriptions with unlimited transactions included. So we've kind of taken the flexibility piece all the way through everything that we do. Yeah, it's really interesting because, um, you know, transaction fee or, or low fee models in a lot of cases have really risen the ranks of our brokerage rankings um, in the past maybe five to eight years. Um, and there's this myth in the industry that that automatically means no services, that you, you know, a transaction fee means, you know, you don't get anything from the brokerage. But I think that's really flipped on its head in, in previous years. So tell me a little bit about, I know you have a tech platform. I know that you offer other services. So what, um, what do you have to say about that myth and, and how are you, um, your company kind of breaking the mold with that? Uh, and there's a few ways you can look at it. I think one is uh, what we used to get a lot uh, a decade ago was, well, if you go there, you'll get what you pay for. And we tried to turn that on its head. And I think seeing the the success of this type of model now, 10 years on, uh, we turned it on the head and said, are you getting what you're paying for <laughs> at your current brokerage? So um, technology has really closed the gap between uh, what any company in this industry or out of this industry can do for you. And it's much cheaper to be able to provide those tools that were, you know, once way out of reach, um, unless you were with a company that uh, had the means to be able to pay for it, develop it, provide it, et cetera. So um, it's, it's partly that, um, and it's partly agents kind of realizing that, you know, there is an alternative option. You don't have to be traditional. And in fact, it's, I would argue that traditional is kind of going the other way now um, with the growth of companies like ours. So uh, I think that um, the myth is still there for some, but that's okay. Not every agent is a good fit for this type of model either. So like I kind of said in the beginning, we're, we give you a lot of flexibility to run the business how you want to run it. So if you don't have that, um, you know, entrepreneurial type of spirit, you know, this, this may not be right for you. Um, I think another aspect of it too is not just uh, the advent of the internet, but I think when a company like Zillow comes along and then now it doesn't matter what brokerage you're with, your broker by far and away is not the one that's providing, you know, generating the, the business for agents nowadays. It's agents going and finding those leads on their own through companies like Zillow. So that was a pretty big shift. Um, and when agents were targeted to pay for uh, leads themselves and not the brokers, well, I think it's natural that this type of model would exist. So I think big splits used to exist whenever the broker was the one that mattered and the name mattered and they provided the leads from the walk-ins. And today it's kind of flipped on its head. They come through agents now, not necessarily brokerages. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially the teams. Um, teams generate the leads um, or they're signing up for these services, which I think 
Zillow really is buyer leads, but Realtor.com and Homes.com are starting to focus on seller leads as well. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of been a shift. The teams have been super profitable um, because brokerages, because they're providing these leads and brokerages haven't been doing as much of that. So they've had to kind of re reimagine how they're serving the agents. Yeah, I think just the role of the agent has shifted so much. Um, they truly are the the center of it now versus being a piece of, you know, someone else's business. So, Well, I want to talk specifics about your growth um, moving into 2024. Are you doing any M&A? Are you looking, are you really growing organically, um, looking at new markets? Tell me a little bit about like your recruiting goals, your culture, and and how you're looking at growth in the coming year. Yeah, definitely. So there's a lot to unpack in that. Um, I think probably the best way to start is the theme for our, our company this year internally. Uh, is the world is not flat and you know neither is worth Clark. So um, in 2023, depending on you know who you trust for your your home sale data, everybody's about the same. The market was down about 19, 20 percent, you know, through November. I think we'll get December and full year numbers soon, but something like that, right? It's right around 20 percent. Um, you know, we're I'm happy to report that we didn't see a drop in business. Um, but while we while we kicked the market in the teeth from that perspective, it's it's pretty remarkable accomplishment. Being completely flat is not something we're used to, nor or something we like. So um, our main focus is obviously to not be flat this year, but we'll we'll do that by providing value and, and tools to agents that that make them successful. It's as simple as that. Um, we started retooling our messaging with our recruiting this past year, and we were able to attract much more productive agents and teams on the whole than in years past. Um, because, you know, it's, for us, it's, it's not agent count, it's transaction count. You know, that's where the revenue and, um, things like that for the company come from. It's not just agents, it's agents that do well and they produce. So as far as, um, our culture goes and things like that, you know, being a a virtual brokerage, just naturally more challenging to figure out. It's just different than it was before. Um, I think, uh, if you put all of our agents in a convention center together, you'll find that they're all different. We don't have a, a template agent necessarily. Um, and we survey our agents about twice a year and we've been doing that for a long time. And one thread that we've picked up, um, out of our agents is that they want some sort of connection. Um, the appetite for connection may vary and that type of connection, you know, it's 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 different per the agent, but there is some sort of common theme um, that we've discovered in starting Lean Two, and it's just that idea of connection. So I'll give you a few examples of what I mean. Um, we started doing this in a you know a much more traditional sense in the past year. We started organizing virtual events such as masterminds, where we had you know agents lead as kind of the keynote speaker on things um, like how they do with social media if they're um, a, you know a mogul in, in their social media game. Um, and if you have, uh, an agent who's part-time that has a full-time job, but they're a successful agent. So, you know, the theme was leading a double life. So we have these agent masterminds that we've started. We have broker chats where agents can join and just fire off questions from the hip about anything. Um, we've started organizing much more coaching sessions. We've 10 X the amount of training classes, uh, that we offer, whether that's done, you know, internally or outside the brokerage by third party. Um, and we've started organizing more informal you know, in-person events like agent lunches. It's simple things like that, but it's a bunch of just connection stuff. So that's part of our our culture building this past year. We've also taken, um, we've expanded the the idea of what connection means. You know, 
recently we actually developed our own proprietary mobile app. It provides connection in a variety of ways. It's not a CRM. It's not a transaction management app. It's none of that stuff. It's all centered around connection. And um, what I mean by that is, you know, agents can connect with other agents at Worth Clark. They can DM, they can, you know, do social posts within there, but they can also find it easier to refer their clients back and forth with a referral feature. They can find, you know, WCR agent vetted vendors in their in their own um, markets, things like that. There's a launch pad to get to all of our other tools and systems. It's truly a, an app idea um, that has connection at the core. They can even chat with our agent services team right in the app during business hours. So they can get chat support now. Um, it's all about connection. So um, I'd say how we're using that going into the new year and as far as, you know, expanding um, our market footprint and recruiting, things like that. Um, the One of the number one reasons why people join us, and we ask every agent that comes in why, and it's our compensation model. There's no secret to that. But then after that, it's because there's a, a Worth Clark agent that we trust there. Um, the agent support is outstanding. There's all of a sudden all these other things that um, really matter underneath all the dollars. So that's what we're um, we're kind of pressing the foot on this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to go back to something you said about your recruiting message and that you tweaked it to kind of encourage more productive agents to join. Can you be more specific about that? What, um, what specifically helped you kind of move that needle? Well, it, it first started with an analysis of all of our agents, right? And, um, cause we, we were picking up a lot of newer agents. Um, but when we really dove into, um, is, is what we're doing, you know, ultimately the best thing for the company. The numbers show that no, not really. Um, so with that in mind, we went back to the drawing board to figure out, okay, great. What's the type of agent we want to attract? Is it the agent that does 500 transactions a year on their team? Is it the agent that does five a year? What is that? And, um, our, our type of model and our culture really fits those that are, that are in the middle. They're solid agents. They, make great incomes. They have careers out of this, um, but they're not the part-time agent that, you know, has a license on the side. And, you know, quite frankly, um, we're not, we're not a company that has unlimited amount of capital to just go out and and headhunt big teams and things like that. So we landed somewhere in the middle. Um, As far as the messaging goes, we just catered to that type of agent, to that sort of demographic um, in that, Hey, We've always said we're flexible. What does that actually mean? Here are real examples from agents within the company. Hey, here's their own testimonies that we can put in front of you too. So we really just changed the strategic approach, not necessarily like how it's worded. We just looked at, okay, who are we actually wanting to talk to? We have those agents in the company. Um, Let's talk to them and figure out why they're here and then turn around and present that. So that's what we mean kind of by we, we retool our messaging. Are you using any type of um, like AI recruiting program? Like there are several out there um, to to analyze your current agents and the agents that you're you're looking at. Uh, we don't use AI in that sense. Um, later on, I I think um, we'll probably touch on what we are using it for, but in what other areas uh, we're looking at using it for. But as of right now, um, no, we don't have any AI touching our recruiting side. 2024 is the year to act, to make bold moves, tell better stories, and build brands that endure. 
At the 1000 Watt Brand and Marketing Summit, we're putting real estate experts like you in a room with some of the greatest marketing minds around so you can turn your big ideas into action. Join us in Dallas, June 25th through the 27th for a real estate event designed for doers. Get your tickets at 1000watt.net forward slash summit. That's 1-0-0-0-W-A-T-T.net forward slash summit. All right, I'm gonna trip you up with this next one. Um, <laughs> we talked about it a little bit before the podcast. Um, basically, what I, I ask this question in every podcast, and it is, what is your aha moment, a moment where you pivoted um, and whether you came up with an idea or you did something in your personal life or professional life that kind of changed the trajectory of where you were going? I know you joined the company, um, I don't know what year it was, but when they were a lot smaller than they are now. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit, first of all, when you joined the company, and then what was that aha moment for you? Uh, let's see. I've been with the company for over 11 years now. So whatever, do the math on that and go backwards. 2012, something like that. <clears throat> 2013. Um, it's amazing the years just kind of rolled by. <clears throat> I was the 15th person in the company with an actual real estate license when I joined. That's how small we were. So um, now we have you know, 1200 or so. Um, so it's very different. Um, you know, I can look back at a few there, there may not necessarily been an aha moment in that, oh, here's one thing that happened and it changed everything forever. It was more like realization over, um, a period of time. So going from 50 agents to hundred agents, no big deal. Um, even though that is literally doubling, you know, your, your headcount, um, that was very easy to actually do from the business side. Um, it didn't really change anything. When you get to 400, 500 agents, it's when that's when wheels can start falling off of a brokerage because now you're hiring a lot more people and um, you're trying to figure out different tools and you're just kind of chasing around. So there was a period of time just a handful of years ago um, where we started really modeling out, you know, not just financials, but things like headcount, um, trying to predict when we'd have to hire certain types of positions, right? It, there comes a time in every company where you're no longer just a, a, a small little local brokerage. Um, you're actually getting big. You're a real company now. And we went through that. We figured out that if we have to continue using the tools we have and continue hiring at the rate we're hiring, this thing isn't necessarily scalable. Um, we could do it, but everything coming in would go straight back out the door and that will, you know, ham hamstring your growth um, later down the line. So there was um, a period in which we went through a ton of technology implementation, automating a lot of things. For example, um, I think we really just wrapped this up at the beginning of 2023, but it was over the course of probably 12, 18 months, just improving our onboarding of agents. And by the beginning of 2023, um, we were able to, to speed that entire timeline up of, from, you know, the time an agent says, Hey, I want to join to the time that they really have everything they need going, set up, et cetera. We cut that by three full days and about two months worth just because of some of the automations we put in place. So when we talk about aha and, you know, how can we make this more scalable? 
we, we really had to look at doing things like that. Um, so there's plenty of other things, um, other pieces of technology that have come into play, but it's really been able to not just delay hiring, you know, an endless amount of people um, to, to keep up with all the work, but it's, it's also made our existing employees so much more productive. So um, I would say that's probably one of the bigger things just from running it, the business um, that, that really kind of changed. And, and so now we have a lot more flexibility, um, and how we want to, you know, spend some of the revenue to grow. Yeah. A lot of brokers go through those growing pains and, um, some of them, you know, that's when they decide not to grow anymore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) or sell, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, but we, we went through it, we got through it and, you know, it's, it's, it's actually been a great exercise because then you start evaluating what's really important to the business and what's not. Um, and then you, once you do one thing, you can all of a sudden start seeing so many other things that you can do that you just didn't see before. Cause you were just so far into the weeds, um, of, of, you know, all the manual labor essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, I want to go into AI and specifically like generative AI, um, you know, obviously chat GPT, there's classes all over, all over the place for agents right now with marketing. Um, where, what are your thoughts on the use of that and where are you going as a brokerage with it? Well, it's certainly here. It's not going anywhere. Um, despite, you know, whatever, uh, regulations and things that come, uh, it's, it's here. So, um, you know, I think the actual adoption rate is for, for agents, uh, is much, much, much lower than the amount of tension it's getting, you know, proportionally speaking, um, adopting AI, I don't think it's just, it's simply not intuitive for real estate agents for a variety of reasons, but yes, there are successful agents and teams that, that really, and I mean, really use AI in their marketing. Um, but I think if you pull every agent in the country, a fraction of those agents would say, oh, yeah, I I use AI at all. You know, um, that said, it's a new technology that as of now, it, it has unlimited potential. And it's undoubtedly something that um, every producing agent should be scratching the surface with. Maybe not the agent themselves, um, you know, immersing themselves into it, but, you know, they should be if, if they've hired a, a marketing content person. They, they should be using AI, you know, to, to do their business. So um, it's here. It, it should be around. Um, it's kind of like when email or e-signature arrived, right? Like those tools used to not be the norm. They were not overnight successes. I think when I started in real estate 15, 16 years ago, hardly anyone was using e-signature, which is shocking to think about today because pretty much everybody does, um, although not every client does. Um, but yeah, so AI for, for real estate agents, you know, it's the same. Uh, it'll, it'll make you much more efficient, like e-signature makes you more efficient, and it'll just take some time to see that adoption. Um, that said, we actually built our own AI writing assistant for our agents called Wanda. Um, Wanda writes blogs, articles, social media captions, listing descriptions, uh, generates list of, you know, content calendar ideas. It can write responses to online reviews for the agents. Um, we've, we've purposely built it though, to be so easy. We, we call it push button, get content, um, because of, you know, everything I just mentioned, it's overwhelming. There's, you know, where do you start that sort of thing? So, um, our tool is, uh, so easy. It's so straightforward. An agent doesn't have to do much thinking in order to get the, the value out of the tool. We also have a GPT version of it. Um, it's much more, uh, than a content writer. It's more like an assistant that can do 
I guess anything you really ask it to do, but things like, you know, gather publicly available property information and organize into a report for you. Um, I think the GPT store came online yesterday, actually, with with OpenAI. So that whole thing will be be really interesting to watch. Um, everything is just moving. It's so new and it's moving so fast that no one really knows how it's going to be deployed a year from now yet. Um, but what I do know with our tool is that it reduces the agent's time spent on things that, you know, in a perfect world, if you can remove those things, then the agent has a lot more time to spend with their clients and, you know, potential clients, things that really matter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting. I do know some brokers who are kind of using it, like they put all their training into it. Um, so they have like an on-demand training, uh, you know, and then, um, others that are using it for, I don't think it's really generative AI, but they're using the recruiting side of it um, to analyze different agents and their and their um, likeliness to leave the broker at which stage they're in, um, or based on their current um, uh, productivity as well. So it's interesting. I can't. I'm looking forward to seeing all of the different uses for it as we move forward. Yeah, so they're just building out like a predictive type of tool that they can try to get out ahead of um, of agents leaving. Yeah, definitely. You know, at the beginning of this year, we we didn't use AI to do that, but uh, our executive team uh, we reached out to um, uh, hundreds of our producing agents personally, calling them, setting times just to see how it's going, um, how's business. It, it was a weird, really weird time in the market earlier this year, right? So um, it was kind of the, the nuclear winter version that a lot of agents were experiencing. So we, we did a lot of that, um, proactive reach out, um, in order to, uh, show them, you know, the value of the company and, and how they can, uh, better their business. And just to quite frankly, check in on them. They're all human beings <laughs> and, um, their industry is under attack and the, the market is crazy, et cetera. So, um, I, we, we did that instead of the AI doing it. So. There's a lot of negativity in the industry right now with, um, you know, people making crazy predictions and, you know, not really, because the truth is you just don't know what's going to happen with any of the current litigation or even the market looks like it's kind of starting to come back. That's a good thing. Um, so where do you see the most opportunity for brokerage leaders today? It's a great question. Um, and you know, I, I think because 2023 was so tough, 2024, it looks not a whole lot different depending on who you be are believing, um, which pundit you believe, you know, things like that. But, um, and there are a lot of eyes on the industry for for a lot of different reasons. So um, market's been all over the place and there's interest rates, there's AI taking over the world and industry, et cetera. I think the real opportunity though for, for the leaders in our industry is just to find a way to filter out all that noise and, you know, just remain steadfast on keeping agents heads where they should be, which is providing the best service and value to clients. Um, there's too many things to worry about. I think you got to make your world a little bit more, you know, smaller than that sometimes. And um, as far as, as far as I'm concerned, buyers and sellers are still going to use an expert to buy and sell a house from now until the sun burns out. Right. So yes, you know, how that works from a functional point of view might fundamentally change some in the near future, but it's not like, you know, you're, it's not like your cousin's going to be exclusively buying a house, you know, using artificial intelligence anytime soon. I just don't think that's ever going to happen. There's so much nuance to real estate that you need a true human expert, right? You need someone to walk into that kitchen with you and, um, 
help you figure out what you want to, you know, might redo with it and uh, put you in touch with a contractor who can give you a bid on that. You, you need someone to do that. People don't want to have to do that on their own. Um, so find a way to, to keep your agents not only focused, but find ways to also help them in their own business. Um, I think I think that's the opportunity. I think everything else is just distraction, honestly. I agree. It's really um, getting agents to understand the value that they offer if they don't understand it. And some of them don't. Um, and, and really kind of laying that groundwork for them, you know, here, here's the value that you offer. Don't, um, you know, I, there, there was a comment from, um, an agent in Florida and he said to me, you know, we do all these things, um, during the transaction and we don't tell the seller or the buyer because we're trying to make it easy and smooth for them. So they don't even know that, you know, something happened with the inspection early on or somebody canceled or, you know, something happened with the, with the mortgage, but they worked it out. Um, and it's kind of now imperative that you let your buyers and sellers know you don't have to tell them in the moment, but you should let them know that you've solved these problems for them. I agree. Um, and it's one of those things, uh, you know, how, how much do you actually do, you know, for your client? Do you have to, you know, every time you make a phone call to a party in the transaction, do you also have to tell your, I, I totally hundred percent agree and understand And how can you put it in your marketing materials to, to get that point across too, because it's so nuanced. It's so situational. Every transaction is a little bit different. And yes, I think the, by most of your clients, think it's all kind of the same. Um, and it's really not, there are so many different moving pieces that, you know, as a buyer's agent, you are literally a project manager. And if something doesn't, you know, if a, a timeline's not hit or some other party fails at their job, you know, it's your fault, even though it's, it's not. So you have to go above and beyond to make sure that, you know, everybody else is doing their job. And sometimes that's, might come across as pestering the other party too, you know, just to ensure, Hey, we have this right. We've got this right. And it's unfortunate that clients don't see all that but at the same time. It's fortunate. They don't see all that. That's, that's the purpose of an agent. So how do you convey that to uh, your, your buyers and your sellers? It's a difficult one to do. I think, again, every client is unique too, and, and there's a, a unique way to be able to, to get that across to them, but you are absolutely right that it might be, you know, now's the time more than ever to, to be able to convey all the value, all these things that you do that you're not even going to have to deal with Mr. Seller or Mrs. Buyer. Right. So, um, yeah, if agents can find good ways to do that, then they'll be in great position to, to have plenty of business come their way. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my next question is your greatest business lesson, um, learned. I would say, um, that, you know, there, there's uh, there's plenty. I could probably write a book on uh, you know all these lessons that I've learned. But um, I would say that the 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 number one thing is to ask ask your customers, you know, your agents, what they want, and then experiment with it. You know, put something out rapidly and iterate. Uh, you'll never have all the information, and the conditions will never be perfect. There's all that stuff. If you if you wait um, for both of those things, then you know, putting something in action for your customers. You may never do it. Right. But, um, talk to your agents, sit down with them, call them, 
see them at, at an agent happy hour, ask them how it's going, how they feel, um, what they like about their job, what they don't like right now, what tools they use, what tools they don't use and why. You're, you're going to learn a lot if you just talk to them and, and figure out what their needs are and then put things in front of them that could be solutions to those needs. So, um, yeah, I would say that's the, the biggest thing because that's the one that just keeps happening, right? So we, we constantly are trying to figure out what else can we do for agents? Um, so that one's probably the most important one. Okay. My final question is just what does the future hold for Worth Clark Realty? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, we are um, exploring, uh, you know, we're exploring creative alternative ways to represent clients and, and provide value there. Um, obviously, we're certainly looking at um, AI, as kind of alluded to earlier, not just to write listing descriptions for, for agents, but improve other, you know, backend um, areas of the business too. Um, and, you know, we don't have any plans to slow our growth. Um, we're going to continue, um, growing our, our market footprint, um, kicking off this year, entering into a new state, so new markets pretty quick, um, which is really cool. Um, but we, we definitely want to remain uniquely focused on what value we can actually return to the agent, be that the, the tools we offer or what services we offer, et cetera. So we're just going to continue to look for ways to do that. And I think that's, you know, growth will, will ultimately come with it. Wonderful. And congratulations on your 16th market um, or state. So uh, thank you so much, Stephen, for joining the Real Trending Podcast. We appreciate you being here. Uh, I'm so happy that you uh, reached out to have me on. It was, it was an honor. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.